Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can also organize a meetup with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Ride on. Bonjour, bonjour, buongiorno. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or you can log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, it's Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I'm not bad. You're looking uh, Mr. Parisian, aren't you, mate? It's ah, 35 yeah. <laughs> degrees inside this studio with these lights beaming on us, and you've still got the scarf on. I know, but explanation, I'm feeling cold because... I'm going to show you here, but Ooh, you can see. What have you got there? I Is this political I, stance? I got the COVID job. You got, <laughs> you got Pfizer. You, you got, sure you weren't tasered? <laughs> I got Pfizer, and I feel a bit rough today, so sorry if I mumble my words even more. But uh, it'll be, <laughs> hang on, my phone wants to... Yeah, it's, it's like that. It's, it's like get, a magnet. I will get 5G like this. Perfect. So <laughs> when it comes into Australia. <laughs> My screen's like super bright. Everything's anyway, working. That was me for today. Uh, what a stage we had uh, yesterday. And joining us actually to talk about this yeah. stage is none other than Matt White with us. How are you, Whitey? I'm good, thank you. Good. Uh, last day today, but uh, it was a big day yesterday. A big day. Uh, and we... Uh, we left it all out there and uh, we had one more roll of dice to see if we could move up on general classification. Do you have uh, mixed emotions, Whitey? Because I guess uh, two parts to what I ask is, one, uh, you left no stone unturned, and that's a question, I guess. And then secondly, obviously, you want to stand on the top step, every director sport, if every team wants to. How do you how do you sort of dissect it in your own head? Yeah, we, we came in here with the goal of, of winning winning this race and in the end of the day we've won a, a a really really great stage win and we have touch wood we have third place locked in the bag there we've got a, we've got four minutes back to fourth place with last off today but uh you know the grand tours are roller coasters and you've got to ride the roller coaster manage the good days just as much as the bad days and uh getting through these races unscathed without involving crashes the, the the whole process of winning a Grand Tour is not simple, and for us to finish on the podium is it is gratifying because you know it's you know there's some been some big leaders who came here to win this race who didn't even get the opportunity to finish the race due to crashes or illnesses or or other reasons, and we got through here. We've had to manage some small problems here and there, and uh, and to deal with some issues on, in the cold, but I think it showed a real really great spirit from from Simon. Uh, to lose a couple of minutes on on the cold day and uh, show you that he was one of the strongest, if not the strongest guy in the last week of this race. And the team really did rally behind him from day one until yesterday. Yeah, how proud are you uh, from Simon and, and the, the team as well? Because last year, you sort of had your work cut out with uh, with the COVID. So this year, you were able to, to go to the end. Uh, tell us about that feeling of, you know, how do you feel about the guys and, and how they behave over the, the last three weeks? Yeah, I've got a super group here that we've been working with. It's been a plan to attack this Giro since uh, since October. 
Well, there's only been one or two. You know, we've got one guy, Andre Zeitz, who was scheduled to do this race, who uh, had a crack, who had a crash in March, and uh, he he wasn't able to compete. But you now the rest of the group knew that they were preparing for the Giro for a long time, and we I kept you know nearly all of them at Tour of the Alps together, which was our rehearsal for this race, which we won in uh, convincing fashion. So I think the build up and the preparation from the team has been super, and uh, to walk away with uh, what we have. Uh, it's been it's been a great great team effort, and uh, you don't get anything done in these races without without a really strong team behind you. And that's not just the riders, the, the all the people who support me and support uh, you know, our mechanics, our swaneurs, all the management, our other sports directors. It's been a really big team effort that we've been able to get this done this month. And um, Whitey, I know you know you, I even try not to single out uh, riders on a team because I, I'm with you. I think. They all play equally an integral part, but I will for the sake of having a bias towards Australians. Michael Hepburn, I think we probably don't talk about him enough either, um, but he's a bit of an unsung hero. And I think if you added up the kilometres that he'd done on the front, and a lot of the time the fans back here don't see that because it's before the broadcast starts, but I thought he was super over this journey. 100%. And, and he's a guy that I've been working with for more than a decade. Uh, you know, he, Hebby's been on the team since uh, since we started back in 2012. You know, people don't realise the success that he's had on the track. Multiple world champion uh, in, multi, in individual pursuit, team's pursuit, two-time Olympic silver medalist. That's on the track alone. Uh, and then what he does on the road, he's uh, really developed into one of our road captains. And he does. He does the grunt work. He does the dirty work that a lot of people don't see uh, unless you are watching from kilometre zero. And, and you need guys like that to uh, to balance the team. And uh, I love working with Happy, and uh, I'd take him anywhere on the calendar because I know, I know what I can get out of him. If you look back at the, the, the whole three weeks performance, uh, I mean, we have to ask the, the harder question, but what could you guys have done a little bit differently to probably enable Simon to, to actually win the race? Can you, can you learn? Where, where do you learn from this? Yeah, look, there's a couple of things. Obviously, we kept pretty quiet. We, uh, early, Simon had some, some hamstring issues that we had to uh, keep him a little bit quieter through the early part of the race where we lost a little bit of time here and there. But I think the, the big thing that affected uh, the result was just the fact that he had a bad day, bad sensations on the freezing cold day, and that cost us a couple of minutes. And even if he, that day alone, if he'd finished uh, with the group of riders that he's been finishing with every day, we'd, we'd be fighting maybe maybe for the win this afternoon instead of for third place. So I think as a team, we rode very well. Uh, at the end of the day, when your leader is on the last climb of the day, he's isolated, uh, it's up to him. Uh, he did all he could that day. It was a, it was a bad day that happened on a, at a pretty inopportune time uh, on, the, on the, the stage that was uh, shortened due to snow. And I think the big change, big factor in this Giro is we've had such a terrible Giro weather-wise. In some of those days, we've had you know, high 20s down to two or three degrees in the same stage. And some guys have handled that well and some guys haven't. And the day that Simon lost two minutes, that, that's cost us a lot. But I think as a team, we couldn't have done too much better. I think uh, the support from Kilometre Zero through to yesterday was as, was as optimal as we could have given him. And uh, like I said, very proud of the way the boys rode from start to finish. And, and obviously, Simon, who, who was the one at the end of the day, he's the one who got the job done and showed the class that he has uh, two days ago with that incredible stage win uh, on stage 19. 
Yeah, actually, it's quite, there's been a lot of comment on, uh, on on Simon not being performing as well under bad weather compared to good weather, but uh, people are jokingly saying he's from Yorkshire. So where does that come from? Uh, I don't think where you come from. Uh, that's I, I, There's <laughs> plenty of people in Australia who don't like racing in the heat. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, uh, Look, he might come from he might come from Yorkshire. He lives in Andorra, and then he's about fifty six kilos and about two percent body fat. So there's a few, <laughs> there's a few there's a few factors that he doesn't like the cold. Um, <laughs> oh, mate, I, mate, I grew up I grew up in Sydney, and I'd prefer to race in ten degrees than thirty degrees any day of the week. Jeez. <laughs> oh, but just quickly on the on the the course being shortened twice on on two of the big stages, did that impact your strategy? Did that impact what you were thinking from the beginning, or do you actually, uh, with the knowledge you've got and and the experience you've got, do you prepare for at the Giro having some stages that could be shortened? Being involved in many many Giros over the years, there's always a surprise around every corner at this race. Uh, yeah, firstly, it's it's May. So, you know, we're, we're the roads they're taking the race on in May are high. You know, a lot higher than the Tour de France, a lot higher than the, the, the Walter. But we're doing it in spring. Uh, and it's been a really late winter uh, and late spring. So you've always got to be prepared for, for changes in stages. The organisers will want to run them to their entirety. But at the end of the day, rider safety comes first. So you've, just got, to, you've got to be able to adapt. Yeah, and uh, Whitey, just on a side note, um, <clears throat> excuse me, talking about the other Australians in the race, it was great to see Michael Storer and Chris Hamilton, who you'd know a lot about, of course, and um, they're still both quite young, but great to see them on the front yesterday up over that big climb, sort of lighting it up. Yeah, t- look, two very, very classy young Australians, uh, and they've still got a lot of development to go, but it was, they had a really big impact uh, on yesterday's yesterday's stage. And uh, they've been very, very uh, big assets for their teams as well. So uh, the Aussies have done really well. And then, you know, we spoke about it uh, last time we spoke, but I think for us, the big, uh, the big revelation for us uh, has been Nick Schultz. Uh, he's been, a, he's been a, a slow burn in his career. He's been grinding away there, working really hard. And he has really come of age this year. And that's just from years and years of hard work. And unfortunately, Nick hasn't, hasn't been able to finish off uh, the, the Giro with us due to his crash two days ago. I think going in for surgery on Tuesday on that hand of his. But he has been a, a big revelation for us, and uh, he'll he'll leave here as disappointed as he is not being able to finish his uh, the, the the Giro with the results that we've had. But at the end of the day, he gave me 110 percent for every day he was here, and and crash is a part of our sport. But he's been a big a big revelation and uh, you know great to see his development over over the last four or five years but especially this year where he's really come of age he'll um yeah you're absolutely spot on I feel like he'll get his time in the sun whitey I mean we know he'll play a hopefully for a, a few more years yet with you guys a super domestic role but I feel like he's that sort of guy that will get his time in the sun at some stage yeah Maka, look I've already got a plan we already got a plan for him for summer and uh, and that is to win some races uh, he and people fair he, he's already podium in Copa Bartoli this year he's had a couple multiple seconds and thirds uh, in in other races and he will get his opportunity in in August so he's surgery now have have a break and uh, I met with him before he got on the plane and flew back home and uh, I'll need him in top form from remember about San Sebastian the end of, end of July right through into into August and September and uh, we've got some opportunities scheduled in for him to uh, to win a, to win a stage race or some stages in in some multiple races in the summer and uh, just shifting I know you've got a day to go so your head will 
absolutely be uh, on the stage today into Milan and maybe on the after party a little bit. But um, the Dauphiné, Crotum de Dauphiné starts tonight. And then for us, within two weeks' time, we're pretty much saddling up for the Tour de France. What can you tell us? How's the build-up as a whole team getting ready for the Tour? There's actually a question from Julie from the audience. What are the expectations for a back exchange at the Dauphiné? So we just go back on this. Yeah, look, the, the Dauphiné, we, we're sending a real mixed group of guys. So our plan is we've got the, the core Tour de France group uh, at our Tour of Switzerland. Uh, so they're preparing, and that's their dress rehearsal. Uh, and so we've got a core group there. And the Dauphiné, we've given it's a, a team there of a lot of young guys, a lot of guys to, to, to go after opportunities. And J- uh, Damien Housen will be riding general classification there. But it's, it's a race there. We have traditionally gone to the Dauphiné with Adam Yates. As our leader, and I think we've you know we've podiumed a couple of times. We've every year he's run top five, top ten, but this year we're going with a different with a different tact, and uh, it's more about giving guys opportunities to win stages for themselves, which normally they don't get when you have a leader like Adam or Simon Yates at a race like the Dolphin. So l- last time we spoke, you said you had some few surprises uh, for the Tour de France. Open mic. Come on, what, come on. Tell us on. what are the surprises for the you got in stock for the Tour de France for us. It's, it's Sunday. It's Sunday, Arvo here. Nobody's watching. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, we're we're just preparing away, uh, and I said the, the core group will be at Tour of Switzerland, and uh, I want to. I'm going to go home for a week and then pop into the last five days of Tour of Switzerland and see how guys are going, and before we make our final decision uh, on who ends up on the start line uh, at the Tour. But uh, yeah. Let's, you're going to have to wait and see. You're going to have to wait and see. And it's going to be an exciting month. And uh, I'm really happy with the progress I'm hearing with that tour group. They've been training at altitude and uh, they'll be coming, they're coming down now and getting ready for Tour of Switzerland. Yeah, great. Hey, um, you we're know, just going to break him. Well, I shouldn't, yeah, I know, but I, and I shouldn't talk about this, but mate, you're going home, you said, for a week. Can you just collect my mail? And just make sure the doors are locked up. And you know, I'm not sure when I'm going to get back to that house in Spain. So, if for those of you who don't know, we live about 500 meters apart. Well, he, not at the moment, but just just make not sure. At the moment. It's all you you'll be lucky to leave your studio the way Melbourne's going into lockdown, mate. <laughs> oh, you're rubbing it in, zinger, you're zinger. It in. Oh my god. Anyway, hey, good yeah. to chat, mate. And actually, Matt. Uh, just wanted to say that some people have said this, but thank you for being so available for us. I know you've been on other podcasts and so on, so you've been quite busy in the social uh, media space, but thank you for, for all the times you've given us and holy insight you, you've given us on this race. And congratulations no, again. Pleasure, guys. Pleasure, and uh, thanks for getting behind the team. And uh, it's, it's, great to see, it's great to see the Giro d'Italia back on SBS because it is a beautiful race. And uh, having it on free-to-air television in Australia is, is a big right. bonus because, uh, yeah, yeah. Racing, racing over here. You guys are the home of home of cycling in Australia, and to have the Giro back on SBS has been great for the sport and uh, great for exposure for our sport, for cycling in general, and especially our team. Absolutely, Good thank you. Thanks, Good on you. Um, you, go. you know what? You know the best bit of that? We didn't even pay him to say no. that last bit. <laughs> it just came out. He just knew. This is the thing. He knew, he knew the drill. He's good. He's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. he's a ripper. And uh, he's, he always gives you plenty, doesn't he? And there's no there's no smoke and mirrors, apart from the Tour de France selection. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. Oh, no. And the fact that uh, Simon, Simon Yates had a problem with the armstring, we didn't know. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to keep that under wraps, don't you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, let's have a look at the stage yesterday, because plenty happened in mm. the stage uh, yesterday so let's go back uh, and we have a good winner good winner on the stage yeah 
Russo, he deserved it. He really went out for it. You, you're commentating this, uh, uh, this stage yesterday. Uh, what did you make of the performance and how it happened? I mean, it was, it was, I was about to say it was clinical. It wasn't clinical. It was an opportunity that he saw with his teammate and went for it. And uh, I refer to the DSM guys and the Aussies, which was exciting yeah. with Roman Bardet going on the attack across the top and on the descent and gapping them. So that's where they saw the opportunity. So they used their instinct. They didn't use their power meter. They didn't use anything else. So that's what I liked about it. But from that point on, everything had to be perfect for Caruso just to win the stage. Yep. And it was. And, he, did, and yeah. he aimed to gain more time and he left it all out there. He was sort of prepared to give up his podium spot to see what could be. Probably really we knew he wouldn't give up his podium spot because he had a good margin, both him and Yates, on fourth place. But kudos to him for yeah. going for it. He's won, that's his third career victory. He's 33 years yeah. of age. You <laughs> Let, know. Let's listen to uh, Damiano Caruso. Let me fortuna. Yeah, I believe you were my lucky charm today. Hey, we knew at the start it was going to be a super important stage to keep the second spot, but it turned out to be a fantastic stage in which my teammates made it magical. It wasn't planned. We just saw the opportunity with Bilbao, seeing DSM accelerating, and we decided to go with them. And in the end, it was the good strategy. I want to thank Peo big time, no matter the outcome. It was the winning strategy, and it was just left up to me to finalize his great work. Um, you were, you were just you were slightly ahead of him there. <laughs> not bad, not bad for my, Ita my Italian for someone that's never been to Italy. You know? <laughs> now kudos to uh, SBS Italian, the the team, and uh, uh, my good friend Dario Castaldo. Called Dario Castaldo, not Dario Cataldo. Yeah, he's called Dario. Dario he's a rider. He's in the race. Yeah, he's called yeah. Dario Castaldo. He's done the translation for me, uh, but uh, I've done the voiceover. Uh, so thank you to him. But yeah, uh, good, good. Like we, we were happy yesterday to see him winning that stage. Yeah, and from all accounts, and, and Gero mentioned him yesterday. It was a te our teammates, at, I think, at BMC. Yeah. He said it'd be sensational for him to finish on the podium. You could see it was genuine from Gero. He's a likable guy. He's a respected super domestique. And the nicest part about his victory was when Bill Bale swung off, he went past him and had yeah. time to pat him on the back. And it was crunch time in the race. But he gave him a big pat on the back. And I know it's such a small thing, and it's we see it. It's not the first time we've seen it. Just shows the respect that he has for his teammates. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned him just a, a few minutes ago, but Chris Hamilton. You yeah. didn't name him, but you mentioned him, the Aussie uh, on Team uh, DSM. He's done super well in that stage. Uh, what, what did you make of how he performed this whole on this whole Giro, but also yesterday, the attitude he had yesterday? Yeah, he, no, he's been he's been superb. He's been superb, and and you know I think in the first week he was riding position with Bardet on the wheel and Jai, of course, and Michael Storer too. Let's I guess I'll yeah. group them together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, Storer was yeah brilliant yesterday as well. But but it was Hamilton who set that split up because he took every single hairpin bend on that descent on rails. Yeah, and Storer was actually struggling to sort of keep on his wheel, and he and Bardet swapped positions at one point until they got off the bottom. Uh, now they were they were brilliant i'm sure all the uh well he's from bendigo chris hamilton yep. michael store wa but i'm sure there were some pretty proud aussies last night watching absolutely let's listen to him chris yeah hamilton. we we uh we, yeah we wanted to it would have been good to have uh yeah we thought in in the meeting it would have been if there was a big break and, and we can get someone ahead for you know the flat parts on the descent or even the bottom of the climb um 
we could use it to our advantage. But uh, yeah, we, we didn't quite get the gap, or they didn't quite get the gap that they wanted. Um, but actually, it, it timed out okay because we caught Nico Dens on the on the downhill section of the of the first long climb, and yeah, Roman had good legs, and yeah, we he, we thought that you know we give it a bit of a rip over the top of that climb and see if we can do some damage, and uh, yeah, then went over into the descent and it it broke up a little bit, and so we just like oh well, we'll commit to this and keep going. Ah, uh, pretty happy about it. Yeah, it's always a Always a nice feeling to make it to the end. So, I mean, it's yeah. The time trial for me is not not so much of a importance or like you know, but we all keep our heads uh, keep it pretty focused for Aman because it's a big day for him tomorrow. And yeah, so and then we can celebrate after whatever happens. There we go. That was Chris Hamilton. Actually, uh, he mentions the time trial is probably not that important for him, but it's still very important for his leader for Roman Bardet because yeah. we know that he's not really good. At, uh, at, at the time yeah. trial and if I look at the top 10 uh, we see Romain Bardet is fifth he's 7 minutes 48 from Bernal but he's only 8 seconds eight ahead seconds. of Martinez yeah. Martinez is someone that goes really fast or could go faster than Bardet so is that one of the small battles that we will see in that yeah, top 10 there's it, many but it totally is it totally is because I mean Vlasov will not catch Simon Yates yep. there's no chance of that so the top 3 I think is sorted and it will stay the way it is but Bardet, Martinez, Hugh Carthy, he's an 8.22. I'm not sure how he'll TT. Jean Almeida yeah. can TT. He's at 8.50. Yeah. Bardet, Bardet is could, could he's I, under threat from a few spots. Well, can say. Almeida make it to top five from, yes. from where he is? He, he, totally can, can. Yeah. he totally can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's crunch time. And what I love about what, going back to Chris Hamilton there, this is this is how they're such pros. Yeah, you know he will do enough to make the time cut, but he will stay focused, and they will stay focused around Roman, and give him all the support that he needs mm -hmm. to hopefully keep his position in GC. And that's what you got to do as a team. Absolutely. And then I'll just come back to the to this uh, to this uh, top uh, top ten. And we of course mentioned uh, Caruso as a stage winner uh, yesterday. He's second on the on the, the podium. I just want to bring this tweet to you, uh, which was uh, with uh, from Daniel Lloyd, and he mentioned yesterday. And I'm bringing this because uh, there's been a lot of discussion on this tweet. Yeah, and he's he's a quite a personality, ex pro, yeah. and GCN. He's Absolutely. All over the GCN but what he says page. here, he says Caruso is riding himself towards a better overall result at the Grand Tour than his original team leader has ever achieved team leader being uh, Lenda. Uh, that we talking to you. <laughs> no, but it echoes what I said to you at the very beginning of this, yeah, where yeah. I am, I know Lenda very good, a, a lot better than I, I ever been or I ever, I ever will be, but I'm not impressed by Lenda. Lenda has been talking a lot, but someone like Caruso, you don't hear him talking a lot. You don't hear Bardet talking a lot. They've done well. Caruso is going to do better than his team leader has ever, ever done in a grand tour. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, what, yeah. how do you make of it? Like, what do you make I of it? I mean, this? it's an interesting stat. It's it's and by the way, I think Dan Lloyd he copped some criticism yeah. afterwards because he I saw that he retweeted his tweet and said, Listen, if I cop some criticism, I wasn't criticizing Lander. I was merely he was sort of pointing out the facts. And he's absolutely right. All he was doing is stating the facts. So it's incredible that Caruso at 33 spent his whole career being a super domestique. Yep. His team leader crashes out. And at one point yesterday, you were thinking, Oh my god. Is Caruso going to win this bike race? Yeah. If, if if Bernal had have capitulated, Caruso would have taken the Maglia mm -hmm. 
not bad. It's, uh, it's an interesting debate, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about Bernal and the tactics from uh, Ineos as well. Straight after this, uh, let's let's hear from Attila Volter. He's an ex-pink uh, jersey wearer. Uh, he's satisfied. And it's good to hear back from the, the, the guys that have, yeah. have wore the jersey across across the uh, the whole tour. He's made it to the finish. It's uh, still tonight to go, but uh, he's fairly happy with uh, the progress he's made and the tour the team had. Yeah, it was... Uh... Yeah, it's how uh, last stage should be actually, it was super hard, uh, I felt really good in the start, in the first climb, uh, then I quite exploded, uh, but I think it was uh, was not uh, my bad, it was actually just just super fast. Uh, also the, the last part of the, of the first climb was really hard, DSM made a really hard tempo, uh, I admire them for, for taking a risk so far from the, from the race, must be a super stage to watch from the TV. And uh, yeah, then in the Splugen pass was just a bit too much, and then we managed to to come as, as close as possible with the, with the guys. So I'm just happy that uh, we finished on a, quite a good uh, day. It was quite, quite a, a good stage. It was actually a great stage to uh, to watch. I bet you, as an ex-cyclist, you would not have wanted to have done this stage, would you? Now you know what I've driven over that mountain. I thought I'd actually raced over it. When okay. I was looking at it pre-stage, I thought I've raced over this in Romandy, but not the case. But it was so close to where I used to live in northern Italy. We'd do, you know, little weekend hops to offload all my all my cash in, yeah. in a Swiss bank account. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, it is, it's a beautiful part of the world. And if you if you did miss last night's stage, go back and watch rewatch it because the snow – you know, they went 2,000 metres twice. Absolutely. And the snow at the top was incredible. And the highlight is on, uh, highlights are on, I should say, uh, at 5 p.m. on SBS. So, I mean, after this podcast, you can just make a little cup of tea or coffee and then you can actually watch the highlight on TV. And it's absolutely a beautiful stage uh, to watch. Um, let's talk about Bernal. Mm. The tactics. Yeah, we better. He's, he's going to win. He's here. He's here. He's listening to us. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, he's, he's probably, except if there's a major problem, but he's probably going to win uh, the Giro. Uh, let's talk about the tactics yesterday because you mentioned Caruso attacking. But you know what? Ineos, uh, Grenadier, they've done really well controlling this. They wrote, they wrote a certain program, yeah. a tempo. They didn't move from it. They didn't panic. Yeah. And they didn't lose that much time. And and the other thing that they didn't do, which was smart, because he had time up his sleeve, don't take unnecessary risks mm. when you've got when you've got the Mayorals up with time up your sleeve. So on the descents and on the descent where Caruso went with Bilbao, they had to take the risk yeah. to go away. And there were, the roads were wet. I think it was on the second descent, so after the second climb, they had to they had to put it all out there. Bardet mm. the same. They had to go full gas. Ineos just just took the took the edge off the pace just a little bit because they could. Yeah. Drove it, kept Moscon there, didn't go super hard. Up they the had the buffer. They yeah. had the buffer. They played with that buffer. Yeah, they did. It, they did it to perfection. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a there's a comment which you know might you might agree or might not, but uh, almost should Martinez be on the podium with Bernal because he's done a super well. But not only Martinez. You mentioned the whole team. Look mm -hmm. at what Ghana did. Look at what you know uh, Moscon yeah. did. Now I disagree with the Martinez. Yeah. Should he be if he if he if he wants to be on the podium, go to another team. Yeah. And I don't mean that as a, a nasty thing. But, but his just, role is a, super, is a domestic. His role at the moment is a super domestic. He's being paid handsomely. <laughs> he, he's come across from EF. He's probably tripled his wage. Yeah, He will get his chance. But at the moment, Bernal is the better bike rider. Yep. And remember, when Martinez, um, you know, maybe wasn't, you know, probably on some of the flatter stages, he actually didn't have to do much. 
So he he could ride like a GC guy and get protected like Bernal was. Bernal was still riding so well, like the gravel the yeah. gravel section stage uh, around Tuscany, you know. But if, if Ineos didn't know that before, they know they've got someone in their hand that could actually be a plan B. Yeah. Uh, and a plan A at some point. And, and and just, you know, if I want to have two bobs worth, a little a little stab, a couple of times Martinez, he, he was brilliant every time on the mountains for Bernal. We know that. But you see other domestiques who absolutely emptied the tank, swung off. Paolo Bilbao lost yep. four minutes or six minutes yesterday. Martin has made sure that he kept something there because he rode in. He wants to ride a high GC Absolutely, position. Yeah. That's fine. He wants to look after his own interests. But just remember, teams notice that mm -hmm. when you're not fully emptying the tank. So, so he's been spoken to. He's well. I want even Simon yeah. said when we que questioned yeah. Gero yesterday, he hasn't. He's only been out of the peloton two years. He said, "Yeah, I did notice that." that he was just looking after his own interests just mm -hmm. a little bit. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, let's uh, hear from the nearly winner. There's still one stage, but the leader stroke potential winner of this Giro 2021, Egan Bernal. I suppose you are quite uh, satisfied with the result. Have you panicked at some stage? Yeah, I'm uh, satisfied with with the result. Uh, I think we, we managed well the... The, the situation. Uh, finally, we we have uh, two minutes uh, in advantage for tomorrow uh, for tomorrow's time trial. So I think it's, we we are in, in a good position. Uh, yeah, it's not the best the best to have the the second the GC in front of you with uh, almost one minute in front of you. But finally, I had uh, I still having three teammates, so I try to to use them. And then, uh, you know, just arrive uh, as fresh as possible at, in the last climb and also uh, for tomorrow. So I think uh, we did well. We managed well the, the situation, but uh, of course, was uh, yeah, was uh, difficult to to manage the, the, the situation. It was, that was, uh, again, Bernal. Um, overall, we'll bring back the top 10. Egan Bernal is in the lead. He's in a pink jersey. He's also in a white jersey. Yeah. And that brings me to a comment that uh, Robbie, Robbie made in a broadcast uh, when he was still here and he didn't leg it to, uh, to, to Queensland. <laughs> For a jump in his pickup. <laughs> uh, but he made a comment about this saying, well, maybe the under 25 young rider jersey, which Bernal has the white jersey of, uh, maybe that should be brought or brought back to under 23 because there are so many if you look at maybe not caruso but if you look at the, the riders that are on gc yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and well, the caruso riders could be their dad or yeah. Uncle, but, yeah. <laughs> but the riders that are on that young uh young rider uh classification they're all on gc they're all they're all fighting for the gc well i could be wrong and if anyone wants to correct me please do but i am quite sure back in the day back in the phil anderson era bernardino lamont okay. the white jersey was under 21 was was it was sorry under 23, oh, 23 yeah, or okay. it might have even been oh, 21, 21 yeah well check it um it was definitely i'm sure it was not under 25 so but the, the point that robbie makes and i think is very valid is the fact that he devaluates that young rider competition mm. it's not it's not devaluating the gc yes and it's great we see young riders in there but we don't see there's not enough spotlight made on the younger you riders. know the problem with that though Pogacar. Pogacar <laughs> might win the next six years. He, he'll, he'll still be eligible. Five yeah. years time, they'll be scratching their heads going, I can't have an How argument with you, mate. I, uh, I, can't, I can't win an argument with you. It's just <laughs> not possible. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm sort of half serious. Like Pogacar. I know. He's he's a freak. Yeah. And he, I think he's still, well, he's still got three more years at least yeah. in that under 20.
yeah, category. Absolutely. David so, is saying, yes, he should be under 21. We agree. Absolutely. Like an uh, under 18. Under And actually, Jennifer is making a good point as well. With all the young people, that, that would give, keep them motivated to actually win something yeah, when yeah, they know yeah. they might not be able to yeah, actually go yeah. on to the, uh, to the, to the jersey. Uh, and actually, we bring up comments here, but Miriam is saying that she'd like a, a jersey for the older riders, I think, like a gray jersey. I don't know. Ooh, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good idea, actually. It's not bad. Maybe, it's a few maybe, old ducks in there. Maybe I'll ring my old friend, uh, Mr. Prudence. Maybe I'll ring my old friend, Mr. Prudence. Uh, <laughs> get, get, get him on the dog and bone. Yeah, I think so. uh, anyway, last time we look at the classification because there are other jerseys and there's something I want to talk about. Um, Peter Sagan. He's won it. He's won yep. the sprinters uh, jersey, the Ciclameno. And then, of course, Jeffrey Bouchard won the king of the mountain. And when we say he won it, he went and dig deep to get this one. He did. He did. And he, he you know, you've got to start your your bid for that that sort of jersey yep. on the first sort of big mountain day. And yep. when it's the Giro de Tella, those mountain days come on stage four, if you like, or, you know, so... He did, and you've just got to chip away, and he did that. He went in a couple of big breaks. Remember, he almost he was at a point of almost winning the stage when Bernal yes. did he? Yes, Bernal won the yep, stage. That yep. gravel section at the, like the last kilometer was gravel. They looked like they're going to win. I think it was himself and Bowman from Yumbo Vismar, or I might be getting mixed up with someone else. But you know, he he jagged a lot of points mm. that day. That was that was in the first week, I think. Yeah. So now Bouchard, kudos to him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, of, I think he's won the Vuelta Espana. He's one well. in Square. Uh, yeah. uh, no, no doubt about it. Uh, let's look at tonight, uh, the stage tonight. Mm. So I didn't bring out the profile because basically it's about this flat. It's pizza flat. It's about pizza or pancake flat or whatever. It's this flat. It's 30K. It's a time trial. Uh, it's got Ghana written all over it. Ghana won the first stage. He's most likely going to win the last stage of this Joe. He is. He is. He's done a, he's done a mountain of work. And sometimes on the final stage, uh, when it's a time trial especially, you see someone pop up. They've got to be a specialist yep. to, to win a TT, but you just might see someone. So I'll but we, were, we were seeing Remco Evonopor. If he would have been uh, in a good shape, he would have changed, but he's not here anymore. I'll throw a couple of names. Almeida. Remy Cavagna. Uh, yep. Almeida. Let me make – so, Catherine, I know you're watching this podcast. Pen, Ooh, paper, I you make a note of it. <laughs> Betty Ol. I'll throw Betty Ol in the mix. Okay. Yeah. So I'll that... throw Betty Ol and there's – there's one or two others off the top of my head. I can't, I can't think at the moment. But Ganar should win. No, he should win. But if anyone's going to beat him, it'll be one of those sort of riders. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, broadcast starts uh, tonight at uh, 9:25 on SBS on demand and on Viceland. Uh, so that's uh, that's that's where you will be. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, uh, the Dauphiné starts as well tonight. And I think someone said. Now that the Giro is coming to end, what, what do we want? Exactly. Uh, there was a comment here that someone fear. that says, uh, uh, let me try to bring it here if I can see. There's too many comments. Uh, basically, someone said, yeah, my question here, uh, what do I do now the Giro is over? But then you watch the Dauphiné. This is what you do. Because Dauphiné will be on every night and you will be commentating with Kino. Yeah, I'm doing the first four nights. Not tonight, though. No, not tonight. We can't, we can't well, be at two places at once. Fun, wouldn't it? We could have two screens going simultaneously commentating. <laughs> but like, wait a second and think about this. Tonight you've got the Dauphiné on SBS and you got the Giro on SBS Viceland. Call this the home of cycling or not? This is the home of cycling. Go yeah. on demand. Yeah. Get make make turn your lounge room into a <laughs> TV hub. Yeah. Have multiple screens happening. <laughs> get it going. Get the snacks happening. Couch Peloton. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um. 
No, I will. I'll be doing the first four days, and then Bridie will jump back in the chair for the last three days of the Dolphin A. And then we are in serious countdown mode, my friend. Absolutely. And yeah. then there was another question. Are we going to do a podcast during the Dauphiné? Uh, no, we're not. Sadly, we're not. We will do one tomorrow. So are there you will sad be... about that, are you? I am a little bit, but uh, I'm sad. And, and in other way, I'm preparing for the Tour de France. Yeah, so yeah. I'm we're prepping for the Tour de France. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bit of homework and a bit of stuff I still have to learn. I'm still very uh, blue or green or whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, Mate, you'll be blue from that um, Pfizer jab. If yeah. you're not <laughs> it's blue in French. That's why it's green in English. Funny, but you're still a bit is blue. True? Yeah, you're a bit dapper blue. No, you're a bit blue. Yeah, it is. Oh <laughs> anyway, I think it's time we wrap up. We've done I think it for so. today. We're starting the jibber. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you. It was it was a good stage. Looking forward to this final one, and it finishes right in the Duomo. So there's yeah. going to be some amazing shots. I think of, uh, and it's Milan. a good celebration and how to finish the Giro. And then yeah. you can flick at some point. You know, from I think it's eleven o'clock or eleven twenty. Eleven twenty. You'll be able to flick SBS one, SBS two, as you speak for Viceland, uh, and then you'll be able to see both ends of cycling. Mm. Thank you for joining us. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Thank you for joining us for the, the whole show. It's not finished though. We'll still be here tomorrow, 4 p.m. on the, the social platforms where we have been for the last three weeks. But until now, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. When it comes to sport, I always tell my kids, rule number one, have fun. On Zwift, Fun is fast. Tour de France winner Geraint Thomas uses it. So too does Matthew van der Poel. And Australia's Neve Bradbury Zwifted her way to a world tour contract. One of my favourite things on Zwift is seeing the flags of people from all around the globe that I get the chance to ride with. I love the structured workouts, doing meet-up rides with friends, and when I'm feeling strong, doing a few races. They definitely hurt, but they are fun. It's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.